0: Hey there, welcome to the podcast. You're in touch with episode 225 of Jesus Smart the Podcast. And coming up in this episode, no, it does not take a village. Welcome, friend. I'm Brian Del Turco. I believe that Jesus Christ knows how our lives work best and that he's absolutely committed, passionate about developing his followers as intimate friends and co-agents. If you want to go further with King Jesus and develop in his enterprise, this is the podcast for you. You can catch the show notes page for this episode at jesusmart.com slash 225 for links and additional resources to take it deeper. And so no, it does not take a village as far as Jesus is concerned. This is an African proverb. I understand the intent of it. I must say it's been hijacked and used in a hyperbolic way to advance a political agenda, a uh, progressive agenda that children had to be raised by the state. They had to be raised by schools. They had to be taken away from the primacy, the influence of their primary family of origin. Well, We're not going there. We're not going to get political on this episode. But I just want to show you that actually the village is not quite where it's at when it comes to following Jesus. It does not take a village, not if you want to see heaven's best right now on earth. Let me say that again. It does not take a village, not if you want to see heaven's best and you want to potentialize yourself as an apprentice of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Now I recently read in the gospel of Mark about what Jesus did when he healed a blind man. What struck me was that Jesus took him out of his village and then restored his sight. Even more, he told the man to go to his home and not return to the village. Why? That's the question. Why? Here it is in Mark 8:22 to 26. They came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to Jesus and implored him to touch him. Taking the blind man by the hand, he brought him out of the village. You can read the complete record of this miracle in Mark 8, to 26. Now Jesus then ministered healing to this man and the man said, I see men for I see them like trees walking around. Then Jesus touched him a second time and his vision was fully restored. And then verse 26 says, he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. Why this emphatic instruction? Do not even enter the village. What is it about this village? Well, let's talk about village life. Okay. And I want you to think, how, how do I need to apply this? What is my village? What is my village at work? What is my village even at church? Let's talk about village life. I can't help but think that there was something about this man's village that is the context of his normal life, which was a hindrance to him. His atmosphere, the context in which he was living, was not conducive to him receiving a breakthrough. That's what I think. Why did Jesus take him out of the village to heal him and then instruct him not to go back to the village after his healing but to go straight home. Well, let me give you some ideas. Maybe the village atmosphere was filled with doubt and unbelief. You know, it does say in another uh, part of the scripture that Jesus could not do many miracles in his hometown of Nazareth because of this. How about were there people who thought this man was cursed because he was blind? You know, people used to think that. It was not an, it was not an uncommon belief, a stigmatization. And we're not talking about a stigmatization in his vision. We're talking about a mental, emotional, social stigmatization that this man was cursed because he was blind or he had sinned or his family had sinned or something. Maybe it was an issue of familiarity or family issues which were hindering him in some way. Were there any familiar spirits at play? What seems to be clear here, my friend is that Jesus had some sort of insight and felt it was necessary to transition the man away from the village to restore his sight. And further, he told him not to return to the village, but to go home after his healing, at least for a while. Now, my friend, it is important who you run with. It does not take a village It takes a small nucleus. Run with a tight band of believers in strong relationship, high consecration level, and clearly focus on what's highest and what's best from Jesus and his kingdom. It's important who you run with, it's important whom you fight with. It does not take a village. In fact, if you want the highest and the best in this thing called Jesus following, in a real sense, get out of the village, get out of the mob, get out of the crowd. You're going to have to run with tight, smaller nuclei of believers. Is that the plural form? It does not take a village. Let me give you another Example, we have to really look in the scriptures and see these these patterns and these uh precedents for us. Put the crowd out. Notice how Jesus operated when he was faced with the death of a girl. Number 1, he conditioned the environment, and then number 2, he released the supernatural. You can read about this in Matthew 9:18 9, and 19. And also 23 to 26, a synagogue official's little girl had just died. And when Jesus showed up, he told the noisy, chaotic crowd to leave. They laughed. But he raised her from the dead. You see, with Jesus, it doesn't take a crowd. It certainly doesn't take a mob. It doesn't take a village. The village can actually be in your way. Peter was in that small little group of a few disciples that Jesus took in the room when, when Jesus raised that girl back to life. Later on, in Acts 9, Peter, who was mentored in the ways of Jesus, did the same thing. He was in that small group with Jesus who witnessed the miracle. Later, he followed this same approach with Tabitha in Acts 9, 36-42. Tabitha was a woman who had died prematurely. When Peter arrived, what did he do? He dismissed the crowd. He conditioned the environment for the extraordinary. Then he knelt down and he attained the victory in prayer. Then he rose up and opened his mouth and decreed life over the woman and raised her from the dead. Let's review this again. Get rid of the crowd. Get down and pray. And then stand up and decree, but don't try to do it when the mob is there mourning and laughing and mocking you in a, in a state of unbelief and negativity. It does not take a village. In truth, when it comes to the kingdom, the village is usually blocking the extraordinary in some way. And I'm, I'm just saying that when you really have to move the needle on something, When extraordinary things need to happen, they often happen through small bands of committed believers who come into relationship. They attain a state of what the New Testament word is koinonia, partnership and fellowship and bonding and love and mutual submission to one another and a quest to follow after Christ, to minister to Christ, and then the Holy Spirit comes on that in extraordinary ways. The Holy Spirit will fall on situations in greater degrees, with greater degrees of his presence and power than in other situations. And so not only be personally consecrated and committed and walking with the Lord, but run with tight bands of quality believers. If we want to see Christ's capacities flow into our personal world, something may need to change. And my friend, are we ever in a time where this needs to happen? If we're going to meet this moment with life, with power, with strategic wisdom from above, and see the capacities of Christ flow in a greater measure into our personal world, and let's not limit it there, but may our cup overflow into the world around us, into the world at large, beyond our personal world, if we want to move to new levels in, in wellness, in family life, in business, a project, a new venture, don't count on the village to believe with you. Familiarity. Can I pronounce that word? Familiar Familiarity. Familiar what's familiar may stifle you. You will need to put negative forces in your rear view mirror to move into what's best for you and for those close to you even more. Our life influence can be either tied up or released depending on how we respond to this issue. Hey, love the people in the village, but you may have to, quote, leave the village mentally, emotionally, spiritually, Maybe physically. You may have to leave the village behind to experience the highest and best in your life and calling. Each of us have different situations, different scenarios, but we can uniquely apply this kingdom dynamic, this principle, and this kingdom experience for what's best. So let's not take our limited experience and codify it into some kind of a theological creed. When we haven't followed the patterns and the precedents of Jesus Christ, when we haven't been fully mentored by him. Let's not say what the Holy Spirit doesn't do anymore because we haven't been fully developed as an apprentice of Christ. Maybe that's the issue. Likely, that is the issue. It's always been a partnership. It's always been about heaven and earth, two ends of a living, breathing equation, you see. So ask the Holy Spirit to weave you, to strategically connect you into tight bands of believers who have strong relationship, high consecration, and are focused on the extraordinary. And if you want to go pro with Jesus, if you want to get into the stadium on the playing field where the game is really being played, if you need to move the ball down the field, to use soccer or American football as a metaphor. These small clusters are crucial. They want you to win, and you want them to win. And more importantly, you want to glorify and bring fame to the name of King Jesus. Together, you're invested in Christ's dreams. Does it take a village? In the kingdom, it's just the opposite. And now for a brief commercial, the Ox is back. The Wild Ox Podcast. These are tight episodes, a potent kingdom prayer dynamic, and then we activate a prayer edge in culture, society, and the nations. Welcome to the Wild Ox Podcast. Tight episodes, 10 minutes or less. This is Brian Del Turco. Each episode highlights a fresh kingdom prayer dynamic And then we activate a prayer edge in culture, society, and the nations. Psalm 9210, My horn, a symbol of strength and warfare, you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. You can take these prayer dynamics and prayer edges right into your private prayer time, and you can spark prayer with others, too. Untamed, strong prayers for our time. Pray with me. Right now, the podcast is available on Spotify, iHeart, and a few other podcast apps. It's coming to Apple, and a website is underway, wildoxprayer.com, which is going live soon. And that will have a lot of links and resources on uh, episode pages that you can go deeper with. Untamed, this is the key, Untamed Strong Mighty Prayer for Culture, Society, and the Nation's well, let me know what you think about this. You can go to the show notes page at jesusmartcom slash 225. Appreciate you being with us. You can stay connected with the podcast and with jesusmart.com We're looking to create digital pathways and resources to inspire, motivate, inform, doing our best to play our part in what we feel the Lord is up to. You can subscribe and be notified on your favorite podcast listening app. When new episodes go live, you can sign up for the e-letter at the site, keeping you updated about new things and resourcing. And we're all seeking to level up with our Christ following. Hey, would you uh, think of maybe passing this episode along to your friends and contacts? The best syndication is always your personal touch, your personal connection. Well, the future belongs to Jesus and so does the now. He's brilliant. Walk with him and you'll catch his brilliance in a unique way. And I look forward to connecting next time.